Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. That is Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Super Bowl champ, Tulane Green Wave greats. He's excited for his alma mater tomorrow. Big stage, national television. Unfortunate circumstances that they're not at home. Yeah. yeah. But they will be uh, They will be at Norman tomorrow. But it still makes you feel good to watch where you play yeah. perform. On that stage? That's right. And all I want to see is our young quarterback go out and have some things that he could build upon moving forward. Because this isn't our season. Our goal is to make the AAC championship game. But I think we can take the experience we're going to get being in Norman and use that and have it benefit us as we move forward. You know, we need to get to uh, the, the reports, maybe not right now, but not great for the AAC, the news today that Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston all are likely headed to the Big 12. It is great, though, if you're, the, if you're those four schools. True. But for eyeballs and purposes like yeah. that and – Getting to the playoff. Take a couple Conference USA teams. <laughs> Conference USA. Son. Tell you what, man. They should get App State. Now, here's where it really. Go get Louisiana Lafayette. Here's who it really stinks for. The Memphis Tigers yep. and the University of South Florida Bulls. Mm. To get left behind. And those are two teams that were reportedly discussed as yeah. well. Yeah. So they to, were To get left behind, that means you're pretty much never going to get in. Because yep. this was the last, like. Seems to be. Big, big school intake, I think. I, I thought the Big Ten wouldn't expand. I, I just felt like, do those schools, BYU's kind of a, a unique bird because of, of the Mormon uh, church coming with them, but um, I, I thought, I didn't know if they'd fully expand because they does, can't survive alone anymore. Does Cincinnati and UCF bring the eyeballs? But yeah. I, I'm, I, I think it, it makes it 
It makes it interesting. Well, that's you, for you, sure. Orlando, they bring that's what the the top top ten media market. No, probably top. Tampa, Orlando is like considered one media market, right? No, they're I think they're separate media markets. Okay. Uh, Orlando, I think, is like top. 30. Here's what's interesting about the four schools that they took and the two significant ones they didn't. All four of these schools have on-campus stadiums: Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, and BYU. Mm-hmm. The two schools that they didn't take, Memphis and South Florida, don't. So it's almost like they were saying, "Listen, you haven't invested in yourself, so why would we invest in you?" Yeah, it's an oversimplification, right? But it is also, I think, a message. To schools that want to be on the big stage, you gotta you gotta spend some money. I mean, you gotta look the part before somebody's gonna invite you to the big party. Like Man. I'm never getting invited to the big party because I wear shorts and flip flops the majority of the time. <laughs> but there are guys who you in the, every every day you walk in circle that are dressed to the nine, designer suit on, Gucci belt. You have an event, you're like, hey, come on, you you look nice. The same thing, in college football. By the way. Joey Galloway just locked up Oklahoma minus 31 and a half. But that's not the number. Isn't it going up to 37 now? If I'm not mistaken, when they moved it to Norman, I thought it went up about six points. Well, it was 20-something uh, in, uh, at, at UMass. Oh, it's at 32? 32. Yeah, I'm not touching that game. Uh, I was just, I'm not going to root against my squad. Of course and, not. Yeah, I mean, we're practicing somewhere in Alabama. We're going to play in Norman. Our second game now is back in Alabama. Like, come on. Like, we don't have those kind of – we don't have that kind of disposable cash. So it's not like we're staying at the <laughs> the nice, you know, Marriott Waterside in Alabama. Like, we're probably – I mean, we're not at the, the hotel where the doors open outside, but we're definitely not at the one with room service. So, <laughs> I mean, my guys are going through some hardships right now. <laughs> um, real quickly, uh, before we uh, hit the hit a, a little break and bring in Todd Furman, uh, Michigan State leading at the half, twenty-one to seven over Northwestern. They went off as a three and a half point dog here at Circa. I grabbed it. Um, I know. Uh, I think you grabbed it, or, or you wanted to, but in my mind, I did. But in my pockets, I did not. Yeah, we, you weren't able to cash your ticket just yet. Right. If you, know, you think Northwestern will come back, though, they're plus four seventy-five. Well, and they're minus three second half, Northwestern is. So if you think they can you know, win the second half by more than three, might look, look at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. So 21 to seven is the score right now in Evanston with Michigan State up by two touchdowns. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Todd Furman right now. Keep it rolling. Hour number two here on the Nightcap, live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Make sure to download the VEASAN app, iHeartRadio app, all our audio completely free. And uh, it's just, we're just fun guys to hang out with. We have a great time. I've gotten the feedback that you guys, you gals have a great time listening to us. So be feel free to hit us up. We'd love for your suggestions to come through. I have been told that we have the greatest schedule of guests. We do have of a good any one. show on the network. We and do. The next guest is one of my favorites. So excited to be bringing him on. Well, Todd Furman, you know him, you love him. I think he lives just down the street from me. We're going to get some beers uh, over the weekend, watch a little late night college football. At Todd Furman on Twitter, uh, the founder and co host of Bet the Board podcast. It is a very, very 
informative podcast and a fun list and also does some work for CBS Sports HQ. Todd, on a Friday night where the dogs have been barking a little bit with Sparty and, uh, and Virginia Tech, how you doing so far? I'm doing very well this evening, gentlemen. But, Sean, I have to ask you a question right off the top before we pick on Tim a little bit. <laughs> he claims Sunday night he's going to be fully engrossed watching his beloved fighting Irish. Doesn't want to be bothered that tried to invite him out for a drink. Do you get that same way watching Tulane football every Saturday during the fall? Not at all, because I'm realistic about what Tulane is from year to year. <laughs> See, he's in denial. You know, some people call it crazy, like when the same behavior repeats itself over and over and over, which is basically every Notre Dame fan that you know. Uh, so he probably wants to be by himself when he uh, demonstrates those characteristics. I mean, that, is a very, that is a very good point, and uh, it's something I didn't think about, Sean. So, Tim, you'll be forgiven, at least for this weekend, to protect potential upset alert down there at the Doak on Sunday night. Yeah, well, we'll you know, we'll start with that game. Um, I... I I won't bet it, uh, and I, I don't bet Notre Dame all that often because I don't. I kind of like Sean with Tulane. Now, <laughs> a little bit different, just slightly. You know, Sean finished 10th in the Heisman Trophy playing for that team. I couldn't get into this university. So, it's, you know, it's pretty close, <laughs> pretty close in, uh, in, you know, reasons to cheer oh, for teams. That's awesome. um, but, no, I, I, don't re- I rarely bet Notre Dame. But it, it's funny because I was listening to you on your podcast with Payne Insider talk about this game, and I know your co-host – uh, Payne Insider is is very knowledgeable with Florida State, and I was curious to get his thoughts on this matchup. And you know, he kind of—I feel like he felt the same way I do. It's it, it's kind of the right number, seven, seven and a half. And I know on a gambling show, you don't like to hear that often, but that's the way I feel. And I, I think people are maybe overlooking uh, a little bit the skill position players that Notre Dame has. Michael Mayer. Kyra, uh, Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, I think uh, Kevin Austin, who really hasn't shown much yet in his career, former four-star recruit, the reports of him have been stellar. I think they've got playmakers, and ultimately, I know they've got guys that have been lost off that offensive line, um, but Todd, I, I think at the end of the day, for 60 minutes of football, I'd be surprised at Florida State. They just don't seem to be there just yet. Well, that's the biggest question, and you mentioned the offensive line that has been the strength of Notre Dame offensively over the last couple of years. I do think we're going to see a downgrade, though, at the quarterback position because one thing that you could always rely on, when plays broke down around Ian Book, he was able to use his legs, extend plays, pick up some of those tough yards. That's not the feeling I get with Jack Cohen anywhere along the way at Wisconsin. Uh, He's more a game manager. He's going to try and dink and dunk his way down the field uh, and look to establish the ground game. We know the Irish will come out with multiple tight ends. We're going to see lots of pulling linemen, a quick, easy passing game to set things up. The bigger question I have will be on the other side of the ball. When you look at Notre Dame, we know that Kyle Hamilton is an absolute stud. Whoever's under center for Florida State is going to have to def- identify him on every pre-snap read to make sure they know where he's going to be coming from off the edge as far as a disruptive playmaker is concerned. Marcus Freeman, I think all the expectations are that he's going to pick up right where Clark Lee left off, not overhaul the scheme at all. But if it's Mackenzie Milton or if it's Jordan Travis, it's going to be a great indication of how this Florida State offense will look. And I think the Knowles are still a couple of years away from being competitive within the ACC. But this will be an electric atmosphere. We've seen it early on. If Florida State can get going early, 
early and that humidity gets ratcheted up on Sunday night down there in northern Florida, it'll change the dynamic a bit. But going back to the number, guys, we've seen this price all over the place. Mm -hmm. Six and a half at some books during the summer. Number ballooned up to 11. I'd love to say that I laid the six and a half and took 11. The reality of it is (laughs) I don't have a single dollar in play here. And I think at a touchdown, it is the perfect number because if it did dip below seven, I'd probably have to lay the six and a half at Notre Dame. Todd Furman on the show from Bet the Board podcast. To me, Todd, the game revolves around one player. And I've heard differing reports on this player. I don't know why he's been held out of multiple practices. Hopefully it's just load management. I think he's still hurt. On the other side, it may seem like he might not be fully healthy. But Mackenzie Milton, to me, is the wild card. I think the magic that... He possesses, gives Florida State a chance. There's such a one-dimensional offense when Jordan Travis is a quarterback, talented but very one-dimensional, that I don't think they can line up and just run the ball down Notre Dame's throat. Is, it, is, it, is that an oversimplification, or is that really what this game is about? I don't think so at all, but when you look at Milton, you guys are right, talking about his health and how comfortable will he be when he sees the first live bullets, knowing what he's had to go through from a personal side just to get back on the football field. And if there's a coach that knows what McKenzie's capable of doing, it's Mike Norvell, who watched McKenzie absolutely shred his teams at Memphis in the past. But there's a lot of optimism coming out of Tallahassee uh, that Travis may be a little bit better passer than what we saw last year. And that's going to be extremely important because when you look at Florida State's receiving core. It wasn't great in the past, but there's no one close to the skill set of a Tamarian Terry, and Kenny Dillingham has been pretty outspoken about they need guys to step up. The one thing that leads to some level of optimism for Florida State, last year it was all about scheme and trying to learn the verbiage. That's been the one thing that Florida State coaches have said. Our guys now feel more comfortable that they can go out there and play. Well, playing is one thing when you're up against an FCS opponent or a Duke team like we saw earlier tonight. It's a heck of a lot different uh, against a Notre Dame team that we know is going to hit you in the mouth from start to finish. Yeah, an island game, and we had Derek Stevens in here. That is going to be a monster monster handle. I will I mean, be glued to the television. Abs- no one has to go to work the next morning. Ratings. I mean, we saw ratings for last night with, uh, with Ohio State and Minnesota. Crazy. I mean, 6.3 million. I mean, it's going to be great on Saturday. It's it's great to have college football back in front of us and uh, to bet on Todd Furman joining us. Bet the board podcast, CBS Sports HQ as well. Um, let's just bounce around here a little bit, looking at tomorrow's card. Uh, Penn State of Wisconsin. We, you know, Sean and I haven't really fully uh, dove into these games just yet, but uh, glancing at it, the the South Point line back on May 21st, Todd was Wisconsin minus three and a half. It's gone up to five and a half. It's starting to see a little bit buyback on Penn State. Uh, I might be inclined to take the points here. Um, you know, I think Penn State, it was just a disaster of a start to the season. Started to play a little bit better down the stretch. Uh, Sean's not a massive believer in Sean Clifford. But I think there's also questions about Graham Mertz, too. Had that great game against Illinois, got COVID, was kind of up and down. Uh, how do you look at Penn State and Wisconsin tomorrow, uh, noon Eastern? I'm more in Sean's camp here uh, in terms of how it pertains to my assessment of Sean Clifford. When you look at Penn State, there's no doubt, Tim, that it was a tale of two seasons, starting off 0-5 and then rattling off four victories to at least create a little bit of optimism coming into this season. But it wasn't without bumps and bruises as far as the starting quarterback was concerned. My biggest issue with Penn State is trying to figure out what they want to do from an offensive philosophy standpoint. This will now be the third new offensive coordinator in three seasons, fourth in five years for James Franklin. And when you look at a quarterback who now has to learn a new system, go on the road into hostile territory against the perennial top five defense, 
I don't think that's a recipe for success because when you look at Wisconsin, number five in the country gave up less than 300 yards per game. They didn't allow 30 points in a single game last year. You get a guy like Jack Sanborn back to anchor the linebacking core, and Jim Leonard has an entire summer to scheme up wrinkles to confuse Clifford. The bigger thing for me is what we're going to get from the Badgers offensively. They were downright awful last year, and I'm not afraid to say it. I bet on Wisconsin more than I care to admit, and every week I wanted to kick myself going, man, I'm laying points with a team that couldn't score 10 points if they were going up against air. Now, the thing about it, you mentioned Graham Mertz, great against Illinois. That comes with a bit of an asterisk. Shoulders should be healthier now, not going to deal with some of the COVID interruptions. And when you look at their skill position talent, Jake Ferguson is back. Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis, who missed extended time, will be out there as well. And the bigger surprise for me, I thought Jalen Berger was going to be the guy leading the charge for the Badgers ground game. But Clemson transfer Ches Malusi gets the nod there, tells me they have a little bit more depth. And I don't think the Badgers offense can be as bad as it was last year, where they generated just 19 plays all season of 20-plus yards. I think Wisconsin, in a low-scoring game, finds a way to win and cover. Uh, I like the Badgers somewhere in the ballpark of 27-17-ish. Okay, there you go. Wisconsin to cover. Todd is uh, on the Badger camp. Camp Randall going to be rocking tomorrow at noon Eastern. That'll be the big noon kickoff there on Fox. Uh, I have been enjoying, though, the Big Ten. Getting these these conference games weeks one is, is unique. You know, I want to ask Todd about a game. Okay. Not getting a lot of national attention. But Akron, a very Auburn. important yeah, I know. game. Iowa <laughs> versus Indiana. Yeah. I thought for a second you were going to go Holy Cross UConn, and I was going to have to flip through some of my power numbers to make sure uh, I felt comfortable assessing what the Crusaders were going to bring in to wrench their field tomorrow. But Todd, we are a pro Patriot League football conference uh, discussion. I'm here. to the point where if you lose the UConn, everybody's fired. So I mean, Holy Cross, I mean. Don't blow it. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm the nerd that later in the season is excited to see how the Ivy League matches up with the FBS when UConn takes on Yale. It's a game I always would have dreamed of, having gone to school out in Connecticut, uh, to see them match wits out there on the football field. But as far as this Iowa-Indiana game, this one is fascinating me for, for a number of reasons. Because when you look at Indiana last season, there's no doubt that they overachieved. Michael Penix, I don't think it's nearly enough credit uh, for how dynamic he was in terms of leading that passing game and a resurgence of sorts for Coach Allen's bunch. You look at the receiving core, Ty Freifogel and Miles Marshall, again, underrated skill guys that are out there, but they're going to have to be more balanced. Last year, there was no running game to speak of, and you saw it rear its ugly head when they kind of stepped up in class in the loss against Old Miss and, of course, the loss against Ohio State, where they were just a bit short. Defensively, a ton of experience returns, and when you look at this Iowa team, if Peters can take the next step, this Iowa offense has the potential to be dynamic, but the one storyline I think gets ignored when people assess Iowa. Chris Doyle, their strength and conditioning coach, we can say what we want about everything that happened off the field and Iowa making the right choice there, but you can't ignore the impact he had in the weight room in terms of creating that physicality, and in the most Iowa of Iowa injuries, you lose one of your key cogs on the offensive line to a hay baling injury. I've never done a day of manual labor in my life, but that sounds a little bit dangerous if you have a pro future. So for me, uh, I lean under the total in this game. Uh, I'm not as bearish on Indiana as a lot of people. I know a lot of people that I respect are betting their win total under, but I think this is a culture change there. And while they were lucky a season ago, this is a team that, that I believe in that will take more on a week-to-week basis than trying to make blanket generalizations. At Todd Furman on Twitter, and personally, I'm kind of hoping Iowa loses this game because I, I can't wait to bet them against Iowa State. So you know I'm the CEO of the dog pound. That is true. So this is one of those where I like Indiana on the money line. I recruited Mike Penix. I went to Coach Charlie Strong, and I told him, 
this kid here, when he finishes, is going to be the best quarterback in college football. And if he's healthy, this is his second ACL injury he's had since being at Indiana. And he's good enough for them to pull the upset. I really do. I, I mean, think they have enough oh, weapons yeah, on can. offense. I'm more worried about them stopping the run defensively, you know, against the Iowa attack. There's going to be two, three tight ends. They're going to pound that football. I don't know where their depth is in their front seven on defense, but I like Indiana to pull the upset here. What, what do you think, Tom? I wouldn't rule that out at all. Uh, I mean, when you look at this game, it really does feel like a coin flip. I know Iowa has historically done exceptionally well as a short home favorite playing in Kinnick. Uh, but at the same time, I think if you see early on that Indiana can hold up in the trenches, they can take away Tyler Goodson's ability to bust out and hold them to two or three yards of carry instead of giving up some of those bigger runs. You have some difference makers uh, on this Hoosiers defense, something we never would have said a few years ago when you look at Taiwan Mullen and you look at Micah McFadden anchoring things down. So this is game. I agree with you, Sean. Early on, if you feel that Indiana can hold up in the trenches, I don't think it's a great sign for Iowa's ability to, to win this game at home. Talking once, to Todd, uh, talking once again excuse me, to Todd Furman, Bet the Board Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to that great insight each and every week on the NFL and college football, also CBS Sports HQ. We got about a minute and a half here, Todd, and I know we've, we've talked to, until we're blue in the face uh, about you know Clemson and Georgia, Alabama, Miami, um, but I want to get your thoughts on LSU-UCLA because we're starting to see some smart money come in on the Bruins, and you know we talked about this game a little bit earlier this week. Uh, I was leaning towards LSU just you know in the trenches. They're usually going to be better, um, but now it's, it's, it's at that that number where it's begging to be bet the dog at two and a half, Todd. LSU, UCLA, you lean in one way or the other? At four, I would have made a case for UCLA. At two and a half, it kind of is in that no-fly zone because I think this will take on a little bit more of an NFL-type tenor uh, than what we typically see. For me, I think the total is the best angle to attack here, and I'll go under 65 and a half. Uh, I know, Sean, you talked about the, the potential change from Miles Brennan and Max Johnson not being a huge drop-off, but I do wonder a little bit about how aggressive LSU will be throwing downfield. I think you're going to see them commit to running the ball a little bit more, and let's not kid ourselves, guys. Zach Charbonnet isn't going six carries for no. 100 plus and three touchdowns against this LSU defense. So if the Tigers can, you know, put eight in the box, force DTR to beat them over the top, I think we're talking about a slugfest where the first team to 31 will have enough to win it. So I like the game under 65. I think it's a little bit more defensive oriented than people think. This is one of my top plays. You love LSU. Yeah, I don't think this is even close from an athlete standpoint. I think the best thing ever happened to this number is what UCLA did to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And they're not close to being the Hawaii that we're accustomed to. They put up no resistance on defense. I agree with Todd 100%. Keep it calm. won't be one of those six-carry, 100-and-some-yard days. And I just don't think UCLA's quarterback, Dorian Thompson, is good enough if they can't run the ball to go up against the secondary like LSU's. I think LSU wins by two touchdowns. All right, there it is. Todd, always uh, always a pleasure, man. Have a, have a winning weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you boys having me. Best of luck this weekend as well. Thanks for is. coming on, boss. At Todd Furman, make sure to check out all his great work. Bet the Board podcast, also at CBS Sports HQ. Lance Leipold, the Kansas era, getting off to a rocky start, as we kind of probably all anticipated. That's the I hit. That's the I hit an underdog ticket shake. Ooh, there you go. It's a nightcap here on Beeson. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Keep it rolling here on the nightcap. Thanks again to Todd Furman for stopping by, giving his thoughts on uh, on what to expect. Expects a pro-style game out in at the Rose Bowl, LSU and UCLA. Thinks the under 65 and a half is a look. I don't think this is even close. I'm just saying from an athlete standpoint. I just I think dudes with the LSU jerseys and uniforms on are a lot more talented than the guys with the UCLA uniforms on but we'll see that's why they play the game that's why they play the game and i respect your opinion and uh and how you look at these games but this to me fits that fishy line Mm -hmm. this line is moved the other way 
I, I initially, when you and Jimmy were in here, Jimmy Ott, I agreed with you guys. I'm like, ah, yeah, the line of scrimmage, UCLA or LSU is going to dominate. And they very well may, but there's some money that has been moving this a little bit. So interesting to see that this game has dropped under three. Um, you know what? Give them props. Kansas, you need some good things in your life. It's not over. Uh, it's not over because we saw this in the Duke-Charlotte game, uh, but Kansas has taken the lead with a minute 12 to go. Why? Why, 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 Sean, did we not take 11 and a half with South Dakota? They were playing Kansas. Well, I wasn't really familiar with South Dakota. I knew it doesn't South matter. I it's on principle. Dakota, I knew South Dakota Kansas State. can't be 11 and a half point favorites. Was, was a good football team. I, I didn't know if there were enough kids in the state of South Dakota to feel like two competitive <laughs> college teams. So, I just stayed away, but obviously we made a, a tragic mistake. My goodness. Well, South Dakota State, speaking of them, they are up 21 to 10 at halftime over Colorado That's State. Right. My guy, Chris Oladokin, doing his thing. You know, when this line opened, as I said last night in regards to UNC and Virginia Tech, and I thought that line was a little fishy, a little short, wasn't moving, actually moved in the direction of Virginia Tech, despite the fact that public. Money was coming in on UNC. South Dakota opened as a favorite in this game, and I, that raised eyebrows. I said, whoa. But then it flipped to Colorado State, so I felt like maybe this is just an incorrect line situation. So I stayed off of it. But if I had your scouting report on South Dakota State, yeah, that would have been pretty impressive. And I, you know what? I actually thought I bet this game. I, I, I made a tragic <laughs> mistake here. I thought I already had the ticket, and then the game was on, and I went to – Checked the ticket and I, because I text Wilbo mm -hmm. exactly what I was going to play today. And I don't know what happened. I hope I didn't lose the ticket. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but I thought I bet them. Maybe I didn't. Right now, uh, the, the big game going on Michigan State and Northwestern and Michigan State, uh, they've been impressive. I, I don't know if it, and once again, as we, you know, discussed, right now it is a full on rebuild in East Lansing. Mel Tucker's got his work cut out for him. They won two games last year. They beat Northwestern. They beat Michigan. So it was, oh, all in all, I think it was a kind of successful season knowing how Lady came in and with COVID and everything. It went two and five last year. Um, Kenneth Walker, the transfer from Wake Forest, broke off a 75-yard touchdown run to start the game. He's got a buck 49 on 13 carries right now. It feels like Michigan State, you know, when they were rolling back in the 90s, when they had those big boys, it was a ducket back there and, and uh, other big boy running backs. That Cedric they would, Irvin. I mean, they would just bulldoze yeah, They had you. guys. And it feels like that's what this Michigan State is, Michigan State team is to an extent. But Peyton Thorne's out there slinging a little bit right just, now. I was looking up his name. Peyton Thorne is a difference maker. Yeah, he's I playing mean, well. He's playing like a big-time quarterback. And I really believe in Mel Tucker. I've known Mel for a while. And when you give a guy with that kind of coaching ability a program that's as rich in tradition and history and support as Michigan State is, it doesn't take long to turn it around because he's that good. And so he went out. He had a quarterback competition between Peyton Thorne and Anthony Russo. Yep. And unlike South Florida last night, it looks like the right guy was named the starter. <laughs> and – 
they've had players in other positions. They just were so surrounded with a lot of turmoil, a lot of issues going on that didn't really directly involve the football program, but involved them indirectly. And so now I think that campus is healthier. You can see this is a team, how I said we're going to fade Virginia Tech moving forward. We're buying Michigan State stock. They look good. They do. Kenneth Walker just into the end zone for his third touchdown. He is also a difference maker. 27-7, extra point pending. Sparty putting it on Northwestern in Evanston tonight. Feeling pretty good about that money line play here on the, yes, on the old Michigan State Spartans. No Tucker squad. Man, impressive. It's the nightcap. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Keep it rolling after this break here on Visa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline.
perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy. And the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests all around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Head over to VEASAN.com backslash subscribe. Alongside Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I'm Tim Murray, and got ourselves a Friday night football. And they it's have, euphoria. They have stormed. <laughs> they have stormed the field in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Hey, man. Oh, hey, man. First win since October 26th of 2019. Go go have yourselves a party there, KU uh, students. I don't even know what the mascot is for South Dakota, who they beat, but. Coyote. Coyote. Hey, I guess they're going to party in Lawrence tonight, baby. Yeah. What happened? Why is everybody so happy? We beat University of South Dakota in football. We won a football game. Uh, it was uh, 17 to 14, the final. So if you took the points with South Dakota, that uh, is a winner for you. But for the folks in uh, in KU, they are just happy to have a victory in their side. 17 to 14. The Lance Leipold era begins with a victory. And Sean, the over-unders in Vegas pretty much everywhere. Are nervous? No, I wouldn't be nervous. What is it, two? One and a half. Are they winning another game? I mean, anything's possible, especially when the weather changes up there. They do play Duke week four. Yeah, Duke's beatable. Duke is beatable. Is it, at, is it in Lawrence or is it in Durham? It's in Durham. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Sound like Durham's going to be rocking. Going to be looking at their watch saying, when, is, when does October roll around for basketball? Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, by the way, a nice upset victory tonight over the Blue Devils. Uh, not the uh, jam-packed slate that we had last night, but still pretty decent. And the biggest one being Virginia Tech outright upset over UNC. So, so far tonight, the dogs have been barking a little bit. Virginia Tech, six-point underdog, outright win. Charlotte, six-and-a-half-point underdog, outright win. Michigan State, three-and-a-half-point underdog, leading by 21 right now. South Dakota State, two-point underdog Colorado State, up by 11 at the half. Uh, South Dakota covers against Kansas. Uh, Eastern Michigan did not get the cover against their FCS opponent. So the dogs have been doing all right. Old Dominion played their first football game, Sean, in uh, in over two in like two years. Okay. So they did uh, not fare all that well against Wake Forest. Uh, but that ended up a push. It closed 32, and it was 42 to 10. Okay. So the under comes home there. Um, I like some dogs tomorrow too. Now, so I mean. As I'm looking at this Shoot them list, out. I'm, I'm going to compile them during right. the next yeah, break. Well, we'll, we'll, yeah. do, uh, we'll, we'll do more of uh, our thoughts on, uh, on tomorrow a little bit later on in the show. But what we've seen so far in college football, mainly the two top ten teams, Ohio State beating Minnesota 45-31, to and there was a graphic. Let me see if I can get it real quickly, Sean, because, you know, we were watching that game on air and watching the explosiveness uh, that they had. They had a 71-yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. a 38-yard touchdown reception, 56-yard touchdown reception, 
70-yard touchdown reception, 61-yard touchdown reception. That is explosion. Yeah. And there were questions about Ohio State, and, and they will not fully be answered until next weekend when they play Oregon, and we'll find out what Oregon has. Uh, hopefully they have not enough to cover a 20-and-a-half-point spread um, <laughs> against Fresno State tomorrow. Um, but you came away pretty impressed with the offense, but have your questions yeah. about the defense. Yeah, they – I don't – I mean, when you look at the game, like what they do well on defense. I mean, they didn't stop the run. They didn't rush the quarterback. They didn't defend the pass. I mean, those are the three things that a defense – they didn't prevent the other team from scoring. They didn't make them kick field goals instead of score touchdowns. I mean, like, in every metric almost that you can grade a defense, they were below par. Right. And, I mean, what works out in their advantage, well, I mean, we don't know how good Oregon is. I, I don't have high expectations for Anthony Brown. Uh, the Boston College transfer didn't win the job last year, but I do love uh, Joe Moorhead. I love their running backs. I love their wide receivers. But Ohio State's going to be at home, their first home game of the season, noon kick, 9 a.m. Pacific there for Oregon. I, I anticipate them. I don't know if they'll cover the number whenever that comes out on Sunday morning here at Circa, but I anticipate them to win that game. And then after that, it's kind of smooth sailing until Indiana and Penn State come a-knocking. It is. So the the schedule sets up pretty well for Ohio State, and, and their talent is so just their playmakers, Sean, are just out of this yeah, world, man. They have three three running backs that I think are all really good. Offensively, they're probably the best team I've seen so far, to be completely honest. The way that second half was the most impressive half oh my of gosh. football against a quality opponent. Yeah. Right, I'm not counting. I thought UCLA's run game was outstanding, but Hawaii's terrible. Yeah, we'll find out what UCLA right. run game. Like, if they do that on Saturday night, then right. we'll have a different discussion uh, I'll come be Monday. Crying. I'll be crying. <laughs> I think you're taking you're taking your parlay winning tonight and putting it all into LSU. Uh, no, I'm not going that far, but <laughs> I'm gonna have significant coins. If I, I'm the, I, I like that game. I like the spot. I like the fact that even though the spread says LSU is the favorite, the energy around the game seems like LSU is the underdog. I tend to agree with that. Yeah, There's nothing a- to displace because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, people feeling like UCLA is back, Chip Kelly's back. Kind of got his guys there. Yeah, people to shine off Coach Ogeron, starting quarterback, Miles Brendan, hurt. So you're going with your backup, even though the backup started right. the last part of last year. I feel like people underestimate in the fact that LSU was a national champion two years ago. I just don't know, and we'll dive into this a little bit more. I don't know how Dorian Thompson Robinson's completing passes against those corners. I mean, Derek Stingley, Stingley is maybe the most talented pound-for-pound player in the country. You know what? He's he's one that I got a question mark on. He's really? got to prove it to me. He uh-huh. had a tremendous freshman year. Yeah. Wasn't as good last year. Talent's there. I want to see him get back to the level he was as a true freshman. But from a talent standpoint, he's as talented as any DB in the country. Well, we do have a top-10 team that has gone down in North Carolina Tar Heels, losing to Virginia Tech 17-10 to as six-and-a-half-point favorites down in Blacksburg. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Turn our attention to some unique season prop bets that you can place here in Las Vegas. Next, it is the Nightcap here on Visa. 
helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. That's according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Alongside Tulane Green Wave, great. John King, I'm Tim Murray, live from our Circus Sportsbook studios here in downtown Las Vegas on Labor Day weekend. Hope everyone is uh, getting ready for a fun weekend of sitting on your couch and watching football. Of hydration. I mean, I tell you what, Sean, if I didn't have a little one, there it would be from 9 a.m. I'm going to put a sign up. Actually, 6 a.m. Hey, game day to uh, midnight. We need a sign in the studio that says, no excuses, no explanations. <laughs> like, no one wants to hear about his fatherhood when we're talking about hydrating. Get little man a straw. <laughs> <laughs> he has been. He has been watching. Uh, he's been watching the past couple days with me a little Put bit. Put him some apple juice in a little cocktail glass and let him sit right there and sit with you. <laughs> he'll watch the football with me. Train him up right. Yeah, he'll watch. Uh, so we'll 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 enjoy. I think I'll be able to sneak away a little bit for the early games. So we'll. Oh, uh, I hope he comes and just interrupts all of the Notre Dame Florida State broadcast on Sunday. That's what I'm hoping he does. What's wrong with you? I hope I hope your four children break the television when Tulane's on. Might be a good thing. <laughs> Might be a horror movie. <laughs> I say, on our TV and the studio show, Spencer Rattler, he said, Tulane, I'm coming. I'm coming for you, Tulane. We shut him down last year. We're going to shut him down this year. And uh, my guy, Chris Oladokin, with another beautiful ball. This just, is a route. And just think now, this quarterback was at USF. Yep. They didn't think he was good enough. This is a route. South Dakota State putting it on. Yeah. Colorado straight right watch now. Watch this ball. Like, okay, watch him on the run. Gives a little ground pressure in his face. Dart. Ah! I like it. It's <laughs> one of my pupils, man. It makes you feel good when your guys that you invest in and allow, they allowed, you know, you to coach them. They go and have success. So shout out to the Oladokun family. Chris Oladokun, starting quarterback, South Dakota State. Just threw his, I think, second touchdown of the game. They take a 28-10 to 10 lead over the Colorado State Rams. Be a big win for them to start the season. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we saw we've seen it a couple times already. So we saw UC Davis last night uh beat Tulsa, uh Eastern Washington beat UNLV, um and now South Dakota State up big on Colorado State. It's every year you see it and you you hear about the uh the checks that they receive to come play those teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call up South Dakota State if I were one of those teams. And I know this is, you know, this is made uh, way in advance. But uh, um, I, I do want to hit on a couple, um, just a couple NFL things. And, and Aaron, our producer, found these um, props. Yeah, these are interesting. So I want to jump to one. These were, I believe, found over at, uh, at Boyd Sports. And these are win total props. Bills and Buccaneers to each go over 11 and a half wins. Eagles over six and a half. Colts under eight and a half. I guess the reason. I guess the reasoning being the Carson Wentz connection. Um, Lions and Texans each go under four and a half. I, I could take that. Jets Eagles each go under six and a half. Love that. Chiefs and Bucks. Each go over 12 and a half, Sean. I like that. And that's plus 380. I, sh- I should have been mentioning the prices. Yeah. So Chiefs and Bucks, 
I think a lot of people would jump at at uh, the the likelihood to grab that. Each go over twelve and a half wins. Yeah, thirteen and four seems doable, and that wins the bet. Right yeah. for both teams. Right. Yeah, that's very doable. Pull out the old. The Chiefs. Which team gives you a little bit more pause? The Neither. Chiefs or the Bucks? If, if, if they stay healthy, they're thirteen and four teams. The last year, Kansas City was fourteen and two. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks were eleven and five. They didn't get going until late. Right. And the division has, in some people's eyes, maybe not your eyes, the division has gotten weaker with Drew Brees out and Jameis Winston in. I don't. Well, and Michael Thomas out. Um. But Tampa Bay. They do get in their crossover. The NFC South does play the NFC East this year, so you would think this is a blessing from up would above. Go, that you would go four and zero. That's a blessing from up above. Be honest about it. <laughs> if you get to play your out of conference in your division is the worst portion of the National Football League, which is the NFC East. That's a blessing. Um. All right, let's go back to the list because uh, I. There's another one that I think a lot of people would jump at. And, and Aaron, I think this, this next one is Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, 49ers. Is that each win the division? Oh, each over 10.5 wins. Okay. Uh, you have your questions about the 49ers. And the Packers. When it so, comes to winning 11 games. I so mean. let me say this about the Packers. And... Um, they, the offensive line worries They've got me. some issues on up yeah, front, man. It worries me. So Bakhtiari is on IL or uh, what was IL, that, six games. Six games. Yeah, pup. Pupless, excuse yeah. me. They've got a rookie likely starting at center, a second round pick in Josh Myers. Mm-hmm. They have, from what I believe, uh, Jenkins is going to bump out to left tackle. They might have another rookie starting uh, on that line in Royce Newman. I've got some concerns there in Green Bay. Um, will they go over 10.5 wins? I would think so, but uh, I've got my, my questions there with the Packers that go over 10.5 wins, and, and I think we both have our concerns. I know everybody loves the 49ers. I think they're going to take a step forward, but to, once again, everything's assuming health, and when you're, at, and you're putting all these teams together, Sean, mm-hmm. one team takes a step back, big injury, then your bet's gone. There's a reason it's plus 550, but... It it does give me a lot of I don't concern. like that one. Just with San Francisco's uncertainty at quarterback, Green Bay's uncertainty on the offensive line. I just, it's in all likelihood, one of those two teams doesn't win 11 games. Yeah. I think you're pretty confident Chiefs and Bucks. 11 games? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty confident but Chiefs and Bucks. The Packers and 49ers for both of them to do it, especially because of the division the 49ers play in. Yeah. I just, uh, but I mean, you're getting the value plus 550, right. so I mean, it's worth taking a shot. All right, let's keep it going. Plus 650, Bills, Ravens, Chargers, Titans all go over 10.5 wins. 9.5. 9.5 wins. Yeah. The Chargers are the one that threw me off on this one. I mean, I love Justin Herbert, but I don't know if the Chargers are ready to make the 10 win jump. I think the Chargers. There might be a little too much love out there for the Chargers. Yeah, I'm not all the way sold on them as a double-digit win team. I think the Ravens will get there, but I have my questions, too, about the Ravens at it, wide receiver. What I tell you about the Ravens and the Seahawks? Don't doubt them? Yeah. Every year they give you reason to be like, okay, they're falling off, and they never do. 
Just kind of like that. Do you think? Do you think they win the division, Ravens? They're the favorites. I bet the Browns at plus one fifty. I actually like the Browns. The Browns have grown on me through the preseason. Like I, that offensive line has just been. I mean, they've been ferocious, and you know if those guys are going to block like that all season, I mean that's going to be a tough out. They improved on defense. They feel some of their deficiencies. You know that whole deal comes down to. How seriously has Baker Mayfield taken this offseason? I mean, if he's really committed himself to being the best quarterback possible and he takes the next step from the 2020 Baker Mayfield, then the Browns are a Super Bowl contender. But the thing is, we didn't see enough of him in the preseason to know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was very impressed towards the end of the season, right? The way that he was playing. Cut down on the turnovers from a year before. Like Freddie Kitchens no longer being... (laughs) Head coach in the NFL. <laughs> Still a coach, though, in the NFL. Just not a head coach. Just keep him away from, from that job. Um, all right. Chargers, Cowboys, Patriots, each go over nine and a half. You're getting plus 750, Sean. No chance. <laughs> I mean, no chance. Cowboys? Most likely. <laughs> I mean, but the NFC East is so bad. I can see a scenario where the Cowboys win 10 games. I mean, they are the most talented team. in. But, the- again, it's the Chargers that give me the pause. Because you know I'm all in on the Patriots or Mac. I mean, I'm all in on them. Would you now – But I, 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 would, I, you take, would you take a plus – I think it's like plus 350 ticket on the Patriots to win the AFC East now with Mac? I'm tempted to play that. I think that's an intriguing – Look, because I just don't know talent-wise what all New England has. But New England, they're solid, but they're not spectacular. They really had more anywhere. opt-outs than any other team, right? And are we just assuming that Josh Allen has figured everything out? Was like, like I, I, am. You I am. yeah, I saw it. He he improved his completion percentage by like ten percent. It might go up another five this year. Like I just remember seeing him in the playoffs and thinking, man, if they ever figure out schematically, you know, how to be a little more creative, dynamic, and diverse. I mean, Buffalo's going to be a tough out. It's no, I agree. Out. No, I agree. But, I mean, when you're looking at that price at 350 and Mac Jones being in there. I like I like the Patriots. I do, too. Yeah, I like the Patriots. All right, final one. I still trust Belichick. Final one. And I, you'll probably say no because it has the Cowboys in it. But it's 11 to 1. Packers. Cowboys, Seahawks, Saints. I actually like this bet the most because it doesn't include the Chargers. And I'm getting 11 to 1. And you know get, I'm all in on Jameis. So. I know you're all in on the Saints. Yeah. You, Seahawks you ne- are definitely going to win you 10. Never fade, you never fade Russell. Right. So, so it'd really be the Cowboys and like sort of the Packers. But I mean, I can see Aaron Rodgers getting them to 11 and 6. You just need 10 and 7. Yeah, I know. I think that's the wager. I may, I may shoot uh, Aaron a couple dollars to go and put some of these plays in. Uh, we'll talk to our good friend Jared Smith, get his thoughts on the upcoming college football weekend top of the hour. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's the Nightcap here on Decent. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I 
love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.